Welcome to episode 27 of Lost in Translation with Bobby Martin, a right on the verge of Christmas edition. Uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> we are joined today with Wilmington's own uh, and Division One University of North Carolina athlete gymnast, Corey Shinohara. Corey, thank you for joining us. Yes, of course. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Corey. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, Corey, so, I mean, it, it, there's so much to ask here, and um, because we just had uh, a kid named Tyler Roberts, kid. I mean, he's he's out of college now, but was Division One athlete at Merrimack College, football player. That's a lower level, significantly in the grand scheme of Division One than University of North Carolina. Went to NFL training camp this summer. He's playing in the XFL, which is a minor league. But like the journey from Wilmington to being a Division One athlete, like it's such a small town, and it's like worlds away. Just what would you say? Just you can go in any direction about that journey from growing up in Wilmington to University of North Carolina, one of the most prestigious academic and athletic schools in the country? Um, I would definitely thank a lot of people here, like even my teachers, um, for accommodating to my schedule and stuff because I was always so busy in high school, like doing school and gymnastics, but gymnastics did come first for a while. I would go to school for like three hours a day because I would be practicing in the morning and then I would practice at night. So like I didn't get to be able to have a regular high school experience, but a lot of my teachers, like I talked to them and they helped me out a lot. And a lot of my friends here, I grew up with them since I was in kindergarten and they were like my first friends from here because I moved from Japan. And ever since then, they've had my back and they've always been supporting me, posting about me on Instagram, like reposting my gymnastics. And it's just like, it's been awesome having such a great support system because if I had to do it by myself, like it, it wouldn't have worked. Like I really wouldn't have been able to do it. And um, coming from such a s small town in Massachusetts that not a lot of people know about, um, I take pride in it because people are like, where are you from? And I'm like, Wilmington, but like I love that town and like they helped me so much to get to where I am. And like just because you're from a small town and like it doesn't mean anything, like you can still go so far in life and you can go to these great colleges and be a D1 athlete or do whatever. So it's just all the people behind you that are there for you. And I think that's like one of the most important things to have and what I'm thankful for the most. So yeah. <laughs> well, I am uh, in the spirit of, of, of Christmas and gratitude. Um, I want to thank you for being here and uh, after listening to you for those couple of seconds, I've got a new appreciation for anybody associated with the ACC. Right? Yes, go ACC. Like, well, I don't know if I would go that far, Corey. Corey <laughs> I'm a Big East guy, so uh, you know, but no problems today. <laughs> Bobby was uh, he was at the height of that Big East. Were you, Bobby? Were you recruited by any ACC schools? Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 North Carolina State, Georgia Tech. Ah, uh, not NC uh, Virginia. State. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite a few ACC schools. Mm -hmm. um, so, Corey, you were you, you you talked about the schedule and like y you hear about how demanding gymnastics is, for, and it's very different from like a lot of American sports. I feel like the model is almost like <laughs> how sports are like in Europe or in Asia, where like. You know, in Europe, whether it's soccer or basketball, and in Asia, whether it's basket basketball is a really big sport there, or in Japan, baseball. Like kids get into academy, like the talented athletes. It's like academies, and like you're training in the mornings, you're training at night. Your school kind of comes around that if you're like kind of singled out as being gifted and talented early on. I know it's not quite the same, 
here. Like it was more you guys pursuing it and and finding that sort of system. But like, what what was that experience like? Like, how do you you just hear about Americans that are they get into a sport like gymnastics or some others where it takes up it's so consuming from such a young age that a lot of people get burnt out or they don't have social lives. You know, you you mentioned a lot of uh, to me uh, before about a lot of people that you were kind of in your gymnastics. I don't know if it's called an academy or club with, we're being homeschooled and mm-hmm. people can have very limited social lives or just get totally burnt out by the sport. Like, like how did you find that that balance and, and when it's such a consuming sport? Um, that I would have to thank my parents for because my mom always was like, even as a young age, she was like, you need to value yourself as a person before you value yourself as an athlete. And I, I was like seven or something when like whenever they would say things like that. So I was like, okay, like I don't really care. But as you get older and I was training about 30 hours a week, um, it started getting tiring. I had a lot of injuries. I've had like four surgeries, major ones. Um, but being able to be grounded by my parents and be like, hey, like maybe you should go to the football game. Hey, like go hang out with your friends today. You can skip practice today. Like do this. A lot of parents are, like, on their children, like, go to practice, you know, go to their practice or every game, like, watching them like a hawk, like, whatever. My parents are always, like, just enjoy it, have fun. And I did, and that's why I ended up where I am. I feel like if you're – gymnastics is not the type of sport where you can be forced to do it because you will break at the end and you will end up quitting or you will hurt yourself at, in, at the gym mentally. Like, it's just – it's not good for you. So my parents were always, like, hey, just just have fun. Like, you do bad at a meet doesn't matter we're going to get dinner after it doesn't matter like just go have fun and so I really thank them for that and I think all also like again my friends like they were always there and like if I had a bad practice like I I would be able to go hang out with my friends you know I wasn't just isolated in the gym all the time even my teammates like having them too like we all went through the same thing we were all very similar so like we all understood but like having my friends outside of the gymnastics team like from Wilmington like it helped me a lot. So I would say them and my parents like kept me grounded all the time. Yeah. I'm interested to uh, hear your perspective on how you came back from injury. I remember post, uh, I'm sorry, pre-production, you were, you were saying that you tore your Achilles. Yes. So I've and actually, an ACL. yeah, I've done one Achilles, two ACLs, broken elbow, broken back, broken foot. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> um, we've been through a lot, but coming back again, my parents my coaches were very like, don't listen to the doctor, you know, come and them in a boot. They're like, take your boot off. You can still do stuff. But my mom was always like, no, like if you do that, you are out of practice. Like she was very like, take your time. You do not want this to hurt you for the rest of your life. And I was like, yes, you're right. Um, but I just, you have to be patient when it comes to injuries. Your body will heal on its own. But if you're pushing it and pushing it, it's not going to heal. So I just had to learn to be really patient. And during the times I got injured, I enjoyed a lot of my social life, actually, because I didn't have to go to practice as much. Um, So I started hanging out with my friends more. I got to go to more football games, got to go to, like, prom, like, stuff like that because I was injured. So I did get actually, like, kind of lucky with injuries when it came to that part. But just being patient is my biggest, like, advice because a lot of people get frustrated and then they think, oh, my gosh, my career's over. I'm never going to get back. But, like, you're just patient and you do your rehab and you mentally prepare for everything that you're going to be able to do like you'll be fine like I've gone through what two ACLs and Achilles that's three years combined of injury and like I'm still doing fine so um you know I thought that you had and I won't remember the exact quote but it was it's something that Bobby and I have talked about so much about like when you tell parents or Bobby has 
fir- Bobby's the first person who gave me this quote, but it's I realized it's how my dad was with me my whole career. My dad had been a Division One athlete, had been a, a pro for a bit, and he introduced me to the sports, and he was very real with me about like, look, dude, you're I'm six eight, you're five eight, you know. He, there's going to be most people out there are, are, are bigger than you are, are, are you know you, you have to if you want to make it you have to put in the work but it's up to you, mm-hmm. you know, like he, he was real with me about what I needed to do but he wasn't like we're going to be out in the field or we're going to be in the gym at like 5am it mm-hmm. was like what do you want to do with this mm-hmm. yeah. and Bobby gave me the quote that like you can't want it more than they do mm-hmm. parents can't want it more than their kids coaches can't want it more than their players and be successful in the end mm-hmm. and you hear about in all different sports, but I feel like gymnastics is one of those sports that because it's not like mainstream in the media except for once every four years, basically mm-hmm. when the Olympics come around, that like it, it's one of those sports that like a lot of parents who get into it are like really, really, mm-hmm. really, really into it. And you hear like horror stories about parents just pushing their kids like crazy. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really, you talking about your parents where it was like, it seems like they introduced you to the sport, but like they weren't like our kid's gonna be a gymnast from day one. Like, mm-hmm. And I feel like that that's that's really great to hear, and it's something that I wish more parents of athletes kind of really got that like introduce your kids to the sport, be real with them about what it takes if mm-hmm. you're seeing a passion or a talent. But if you're the one who's 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 trying to like push them to to put in the work, like you said in the end, like <clears throat> you're gonna get burnt out. So like I just want to give you a chance to expand a little bit more on the role of your parents and. In, in your career and just their mindset? Uh, um, yeah, actually, my parents wanted me to quit when I got injured for the first time. My mom was like, I can't. My mom watched me tear my ACL um, at a competition my sophomore year, so she was she doesn't even watch me anymore. She, like, watches her, like, her fingers in front of her eyes. Um, they did want me to quit because they were like, no, like, it's, it's just hurting you, whatever. I'm the one who was always like, I want to do it. I want to do it. Um, my practices were 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. every night, and... Obviously, my parents did not want to drive me, but I was always the one who was like, please, like, come on, you know. They were never the ones who were like, let's go, let's go. I was always the one like, come on, let's go. But my parents just really believed in, like, if you're not going to want it, like, we're not going to make you do it because you're just not going to be happy. And my mom always says that, too, like, even about a job, like, if you're forced to go work, why are you going to do that job? Like, you're just not going to be happy, you know. So she's always like, just happiness comes first. Like, if, if you like it, do it. If you don't like it, don't do it. And, like, that mindset absolutely helped me because I would go to practice like and I would put my all into it and I would I would love it. I love gymnastics. I do. And a lot of gymnasts, I don't think actually love it. And it, it's it's kind of sad because, um, you know, that like they were forced to put, be put into it and then maybe their parents are watching them at practice. There were people like that at my gym. And it's just it's a little sad. But I think that I got the very lucky end of the stick where my parents were just very proud of anything. If I went to a meet and did horrible they would always give me a hug, and then they'd be like, okay, what do you want to eat? Like, that was always the first thing. It was never like, this wasn't right. You didn't do this right. You didn't do this right. Like, I And if they did, like, they would just, they would never do that. Like, I've never experienced that ever in my life. But I would hear parents from, like, other teams be like, hey, you fell on this because of this. You did this because of this. And I would just look at them and be like, dude, like, gymnastics is really hard. Like, no one can have a say unless you're the one doing it, especially when you're, like, on a four-inch piece of wood, three feet in the air, four feet in the air. Like, you, can't, you don't have a say. So my mom and dad were just very supportive throughout it all. And they just, they were like, just be happy. And we're proud of you. And I was like, okay. And then it got me here. So, <laughs> yes. Now, I remember in college watching the gymnasts 
um, they were over on the side, and I'm watching the balance beam, and I'm watching them on the, uh, I'm not sure what you call it when you're grabbing the bar and flipping around, <laughs> and I, I forgot which one it is. Pole, yeah. No, not the bars. Just bars. The bars, yeah. The bars. Okay. <laughs> so they're on the bars, and I'm watching them slip off. I'm watching them <laughs> do so many incredible things, and I'm thinking to myself, there is no way in the world I would ever try something <laughs> like that, right? And it takes so much dedication to be able to do that. And then I realized how absolutely strong they were. Oh, it's yeah. I said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Just, you know, we're watching them, I guess, I think it's called an iron cross or something like that, or, mm-hmm. you know, when you're doing the rings. Yeah. So tell me what – what is the team dynamic? I mean, do you, do your teammates cheer you on? Because they're they're really trying to perform better than you are. Mm-hmm. So is there, during the during your practices, is there a, a competition during practice? So gymnastics, I'll explain very quick. So six compete, um, five scores count. So okay. that is how four events, six go up, five count. Um, and we're all mature enough, at least at UNC, um, we're all mature enough to understand <laughs> that Everyone's going for the top six, everybody, obviously. And if you're that seven, eight, nine, whatever, you're pushing those top six also to be their best because if they're not doing great, the seventh will take the sixth spot. Mm-hmm. So, like, everyone is pushing everyone to become better. And at the end of the day, in UNC, at UNC Gymnastics, like, it's a huge team sport. If we want to win ACCs, if we want to go to nationals, if we want to win, we all got to be pushing each other. And, like, I think everyone is just mature enough on my team to understand that. And if you don't, then, like, our coach will have a problem with that. Our team will have a problem with it. Like, there's no bad blood. Like, oh, I wish, I hope she falls so, like, I get a spot. Like, I feel like at other schools that may happen, that definitely happened probably in club. Like, oh, if she falls, then, like, my score will be better. Like, whatever. But in college, it's like, if she falls, then, like, the next person better be good enough to, like, be able to count for that fall. And if they're not, then, like, the seventh person next time will be able to push them to be better. So, like, everyone is just pushing everyone to become better and better, and, like, we all understand that. So there's, like, no negative energy in there. We're always cheering each other on. Gymnastics is very loud. I don't know if anyone's ever been to a meet, but, like, college gymnastics, you got to be cheering all the time because it really helps with the adrenaline. It really helps know that people are there to support you because when you're up there by yourself, it's, it's really difficult. Other teams, like soccer, lacrosse, it's a team sport. Like, you're always in a group. There's always – if you make a mistake – it might not be yet. You can't notice as well. When you're up there by yourself and you fall, everybody is watching you. Everybody knows you're by yourself on the spotlight. So, like, having people be there cheering for you, it actually does help a lot. And people don't really know that if they're not competing. But with the team atmosphere, like, we're all, we all understand that, like, we all want to be top six. But, like, if you're not there, like, you keep working because, like, you working is pushing that top six. And it's making them nervous and it's making them do better. So, like, it's making the whole team better. Yeah. You know, Bobby. When so Corey mentioned like practicing thirty hours a week when she was in high school, so like you know when you get to college, okay, or the pros, okay, but like like for me, I I don't think in any of the sports I did during the school year when you're in school, I was ever thirty hours a week dedicated to my craft. Do you think before you got to college, you were ever putting in thirty hours a week, like? year-round. I'm not talking about summers when you're out of school, but like during the high school year or let alone like middle school putting in 30 hours a week in hoops? So high school, um, I would say we were, I was close, Um, you know, because you have to go out and you have to shoot on your own. And, uh, you know, you go and you, you play pickup. So that's after school if you're not in season and you're probably in there for three to four hours. You know, uh, 
that evening. Yeah. You know, probably three hours. Three hours, not four, but it was definitely three hours. So, I mean, that's... Three times seven is 21. Yeah, that's 21. So, you know, plus your hours that you got to be at practice anyway. So, yeah, I would say it was close, um, but it was nowhere near the intensity. Yeah. With which, you know, <laughs> gymnasts have to perform. Uh, they're a different breed. Yeah. And, and, Corey, you know, how did you make it through elementary, middle, and high school? I know that you mentioned a lot of the high-level gymnasts are homeschooled. Um and you, 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 it's, a, it's an abridged schedule for you. One, how did your family and you like approach the school district to make it work? And like, what did you have to do to make it work and, and pass and, and all that sort of stuff? Like, and it must have been exhausting. Um, it w- luckily, it had so much energy at that time. Like, I was, I don't know how, but I talked, I remember we had a conversation with my principal and with the guidance counselor that was mine. And we just kind of sat down and we're like, hey, like, she's not going to be in school for a majority of the time because she is training for something bigger. This is when I was training for the Japanese national team. So I was, unfortunately, school was just not first at that time. Usually school is always first for me, but at the moment it was not. And they were very nice about it. They were like, oh, yeah, like, as long as she gets her stuff done, like, I never fell behind. I would ask for my assignments, like, a week in advance, so I'd do it all on the weekend. Um, It was more like a time management thing. Like, I really had to have self-defense self-discipline for that and I again I thank my parents for that for teaching me that because if you're not disciplined by yourself like if you're not doing it for you then like you're not you're not gonna be able to do it because I literally would have to ask for my homework assignments like a week in advance I would stay after school with some teachers I'm not great at math so I would have to go in extra for math because I was not doing great in the classes but I would always try my best to like get everything done on time because training you can't think about anything at training while you're training because you will get hurt. So, like, I couldn't be stressed about school. And so my teachers understood that. And they were, like, very nice about it. They're like, here's your homework a week in advance. Get it in whenever you can. And I'd be like, oh, okay, great. And I was never the type of person to slack and not do it. Like, I always did it. I always got it done. And it helped me once I got to college because it's pretty much the same thing. I can't – I just can't get over that. Like, uh, being able to get all that together. And, and the early morning practices in high school, like – I know that there are other athletes who do it. Like, I've done early morning lifts and stuff, but, like, I just, I can't. I lived, like, a 12-minute walk from my high school in Cambridge, and there were years where I was tardy, like, 90 out of 162 <laughs> days still. Like, that's where I was at in high school. So I can't imagine that kind of dedication to, to everything. You know, you mentioned uh, training for the Japanese national team, and I, I wanted to ask you about that experience. You know, what was your involvement at that level? And how, how did that go? I know that you were born in Japan. I know your dad is Japanese. You said your mom is Chinese. But you grow up um, in America, you know, so for all intents and purposes, you, you were three or four, you, said, you know, so, like, uh, that's basically as far back as your memory goes. You uh, can remember living here. What, how did that come about, and what was that experience like for you? Um, it was an awesome eye-opening experience. I gained so many perspectives there because I lived in Japan for seven weeks with my mom, um, but a majority of the time I was by myself, um, and I got to learn some Japanese. I don't speak. I speak Chinese, but I don't speak Japanese, so I got to learn some stuff. Um, I got to learn more about my own culture. That's a reason why I did want to go is that I, from Wilmington, like being from Massachusetts, like I wasn't very, like, um, experience when it came to like knowing about my culture like I didn't know much about Japan or whatever Mm -hmm. and my parents were like maybe you should like go to Asia or something and I was like okay like Japan Japan is one of the places I definitely want to try 
and their gymnastics team is good, and they're in the Olympics were in Tokyo, so I was like, I'm I why, why not? So we decided in the summer. I went for seven weeks, um, and then I made a lot of friends there. The team was it wasn't big; it was a pretty small team. It was like six or seven or eight people actually, and. The culture is so different there because they do not even care about school, which was very interesting. Like they just trained all day, didn't go to school, which was something that I didn't agree with. I didn't really love that. Um, so that's why I decided to not really go back after a while. I also did tear my ACL the first time. So then I ended up not going back until my junior year or like the end of my junior year. But their culture was very different. And it made me realize that I was actually very lucky here to be able to choose that gymnastics and school like they had no choice they really just had gymnastics and I was like I'm really lucky to get an education with my gymnastics because especially UNC I was already committed to UNC at this point I could not be doing bad in school that school is huge in academics like Mm -hmm. very like big so um I was like I got to keep my grades up and so then I school went back to the top um, of my list for first because I started not falling behind but started getting more difficult um but being in Japan like it was just awesome being there for seven weeks and just learning about my culture, being able to do everything with my team, learning the language, eating the food, like everything. It was just a very cool experience for me. So I'm interested to know. So your dad is Japanese? Yes. Your mom is Chinese? Yes. And you grew up in America? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to call you Skittles. Okay. okay? Because <laughs> there is so much going on there. Could you please tell me the, the cultural challenges that you may have had when you were young because, you know, Japanese – uh, Chinese and then mm-hmm. growing up here, what, I was what gonna, were you going I through? was going to ask the same thing. You know, I, I, in Wilmington is such a white suburban mm-hmm. town. Right, right, right. Um, you know, and, and even for me as just like a white dude, I grew up in Cambridge, mm-hmm. and it was like a different world from Wilmington. It was yeah. my high school. My graduating class was bigger than all of Wilmington High School now. My high school was majority minority, like like the minority groups made mm-hmm. up of, well, if you combine them all, a bigger population than than white kids at the high school like and I wonder and every kid it seems like that I talk to um, who doesn't fit the the typical demographic in Wilmington it seems like their experiences are all different all across the spectrum of positive negative so what was that like your parents are are both immigrants here you grow up here so you know you, you kind of feel you know you said that you know English is the language you kind of speak and and Chinese but mm-hmm. What was your experiences like in Wilmington as a minority, as an Asian, as a child of immigrants? Um, so my mom grew up here. She moved here when she was young. I don't really know. Uh, she lived in Tewksbury, so not far. But her experiences and my experiences were just so different. She, again, my parents, they were always just like, be proud of who you are. Be pr- proud of your culture, everything. And so I was. And I think I had a very positive experience here. Like, there was nothing. I never felt out of place ever. My friends, like, treated me the same as everyone like everything was I felt like a very normal person here um which I thank Wilmington for that too um never felt out of place so but I am very proud of being Japanese Chinese I know a lot about my culture now and like when we you know Chinese New Year stuff like that like we come together as a family and like I like to teach people about it too because I think Mm -hmm. our culture is very interesting especially Japan it's growing because a lot of people are starting to watch anime and a lot of people are into stuff like that and um I become very proud because I'm like, hey, like that's my culture, like that's me. So um, I think I'm a serious Dragon Ball Z fan. Yes, (laughs) yes, because I know there's. I've met a lot of anime lovers, like even just Avatar, like The Last Airbender, like that. It's all Japan. So and people, you know, love ramen, sushi, all Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I'm like, 
that's Japan. Like, that's my culture. So it's, I'm very proud of it. And um, I never felt a place to had a very positive experience in Wilmington. So, it, so while, while you were growing up, and I'm guessing that there are cultural differences between the Japanese culture and the Chinese culture, do you, were you always aware of that? Like, would you approach your dad a certain way or approach your mom a certain way or... You know, how, how did that dynamic work? Um, it's actually, it's very interesting. In Asia, like, usually your parents are, like, authority figures. More, like, you can't talk to them like a friend. It's, like, a very respect. Like, you got to respect them. I obviously very much respect my parents, but we are, like, best friends. Like, we, I can talk to my mom about anything, talk to my dad about anything. I just went to Mexico with my mom, like, last week. Like, and it's, we're, how they raised me is just very different from the usual Asian family. I won't lie. Like, usually it's very strict, and you have to, like, the parents force a lot of things like schoolwork and when it comes to sports that too my parents are just very laid back and it's because my mom I think kind of had parents like that growing up here because she grew up in again in Tewksbury and she was one of the only Asians there and there was a lot of like racism and stuff when she went to high school but yeah. she was like how I was raised like that's not really she loves her parents obviously but she's like it's very different from how I raise you and your brother so yeah um you know speaking of of Japan uh I mean, I'm like, that's a weird transition because you were talking about your mom who's trying But, like, we were, mm-hmm. it's in my mind from yes. a little while back about your time in Japan. I had this question in my in my brain. Um, you know, we talked off camera and that your kind of time to compete for the Japanese national team was pretty finite because of their citizenship requirements. Mm-hmm. And can you explain that to me? And, like, your goal, it seems like, was to make the Olympics. And injuries, it seems like, really prevented that from happening and then you're up against the clock for either giving up your American citizenship or your Japanese citizenship and can you take me through um, just that process and then the feelings of like when injury like the Olympics is something that we talk about 99.9% of kids that are athletes don't get to play division one sports I mean it's got to be 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
just for that, like I personally didn't want to do that. And there are people who did. And I'm like, that is awesome. That is great for you. I'm not the type of person that I was like, uh, maybe not. So I decided to take a step back and just focus on the college route because I was very worn out at that point. I was scared I was going to burn out. And then I had a full ride to UNC and I was like, I'm not about to go and not be able to do anything because my whole body is hurting all the time. So like, I really had to like think about that with my parents and be like, is it, is it worth it right now? Is your body going to be okay? And like, I had to take a step back and be like, no, I don't think my body will be okay if I continue doing this. So I took a step back, started doing college. And then um, the citizenship thing, Japan makes you choose um, Japanese or just Japanese or like you have to choose whatever other citizenship you are if you are. Um, so I obviously chose American citizenship. So the only way I would have been able to compete is if I was a Japanese citizen. That didn't really get like I didn't my planning didn't like get affected because of that like at all. It was mostly like injury in my body. But like that is like a small part. So now I am an American citizen because I had to choose. Um, but yeah. Um, so you've had some other injuries. I mean, the, I've, I understand that the, is it ACL twice, Achilles once, and then you said you broke your back. Yeah. <laughs> um, that sounds horrifying. Yeah, I've, that was I've bad. I've dealt with the, uh, with Achilles. I've torn my Achilles. I've torn mm. both my ACL. Oh. Can't say that I've broken my, my, <laughs> yeah. my back. Like that, no. that sounds like a horrific injury. That's <laughs> such a great yeah. point because following up with what Sam said, you've been through all these injuries and. You know, previously you said that you learned a lot. It sounds like you've learned a lot more about yourself mm -hmm. than anything else. You know, I, I love the story about the gymnastics, but what did you learn about yourself during each of those uh, injury periods? Um, I learned that gymnastics wasn't my whole life. There was a period of time where I thought, like, oh, my gosh, if I, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I was like, if I don't do good, if I don't do good in college, whatever, like my life's just not going to be great. I'm going to have low quality of life. Like, I don't know why I thought that. But after my first ACL, I, I mean, I couldn't do gymnastics for like eight months. Like I, and all I did was like t think about my, uh, my life outside of gymnastics. And I was like, my mom was like, hey, this is not going to be part of your life forever. You cannot go professional after you graduate college. Like this is my last year doing gymnastics as a senior at UNC. So she was like, think about like, you know, you're only a sophomore, but think about maybe what you want to do in the future or think about how you can help other people, things like that. And that really helped me, like, think about who I am as a person instead of, like, just an athlete because for so long I only saw myself as an athlete. Like, when I got hurt, I was just upset because I can't do gymnastics. And I was like, people are going to be disappointed in me because I can't perform as well as I could before. But, like, I've learned, like, that is just not everything. And UNC really values, like, you are a person before you are an athlete. And I think that's, like, so important for all athletes to know because we really get caught up in that mindset that, like, our sport is everything. And it's just, like... It's actually such a small part of your life. Like, people don't understand that. So I just hope people do. <laughs> do you feel like when that pressure came off, it sounds like after kind of your own personal evolution during injury, that you then were placing less pressure on yourself afterwards when you realized, hey, there's more to me than just being a gymnast. Do you feel like you got better as a gymnast once that pressure was off? It's interesting to me. I had things happen in my personal life where sports were everything to me. I lost my dad. I lost my best friend and suddenly sports weren't. And I had the opportunity to play professionally, but my heart just wasn't in anymore. Mm -hmm. And, but the interesting thing is once my heart wasn't in anymore and I wasn't putting as much pressure on myself, suddenly mm -hmm. I was like hitting the ball like I never had before in my mm -hmm. life. And it was like, because there's not that internalized pressure. And for me, you know, it wasn't a great route to get to that of like, okay, now I've lost the passion for the sport, but now like, hey, I'm playing well. But for you, do you feel like when you had that realization that there's more to you than being a gymnast, did it did it change 
your your what kind of a gymnast you were at all? I absolutely think it did because, again, like I wasn't going. There were times where I would like dread going to a meet because I'd be like, if I do bad today, like everyone's gonna be mad at me. Like I'm gonna be mad at myself. I'm not gonna be able to sleep for like a week because if I had a bad meet, like there were times where I wouldn't be able to sleep because I would just be picturing myself like falling like over and over and being how how could I fix that? How could I fix that? So it consumed me a lot. Once I learned how to just like be like, hey, it happened. It happened. There's nothing you can do. You just do better at the next one. Like, and if you don't, do better at the next one. Like, you know, I started to develop a mindset where I was like, I'm just very proud of where I am. And I think that's one of the only things that matters is that like, I'm proud of myself. My parents are proud of me. Like, that's it. Cause I was like, I've been through so many injuries. I've been through so much. And like, at the end of the day, like, I'm still here doing my things. I'm still a gymnast. Like, it didn't, I didn't quit or anything. So like, I think that like, just being proud of myself really helped because it took a long time for me to actually admit that I was like proud of myself because like I don't think I was for a while because like I just had a period of time where like nothing was good enough I was like I could do better I definitely could do better and it was kind of like a miserable time like I was like what what like what am I doing and then I got injured and then I got back from my injury and that's when I was like wait I just went through one of like the most difficult injuries an athlete can have and like I'm doing totally fine so like as long as you're proud of yourself and, like, you know that you tried your best, like, I think that's literally all that matters when it comes to sports. You know, your your sport is so demanding. And, you know, you have to be so precise. You know, the yeah. tenth of a point or mm-hmm. whatever it is. It's You know, basketball is nothing like that because if you're not good in one area, you can be good in another area yeah. and you can specialize. And But in gymnastics, every I can see why you were – so hard on yourself because everything meant everything I would say like it you have to be a perfectionist if you're a gymnast like every if your leg is bent that's a tenth and if your team loses by a tenth it's because your leg was bent like it's stuff like that like again in soccer and stuff you know if you mess up a little bit here like oh someone can maybe help you out there or like you can you can go and play another position I don't really know but like in gymnastics like Every little thing counts. If you wobble, that could be why your team lost. And, like, it's a lot of pressure. So you do have to understand that, like, it's okay if that happens. That was hard for me to understand in high school because I just you have to be perfect all the time. And you're on the spotlight by yourself. So it's like. It's so crazy if it was like, Bobby, like, you know, like, yeah, like you hit that three-pointer, but it's actually only going to count for like 1.7 because your form just wasn't great. That's yeah. exactly how yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you had the opportunity because COVID was crazy in college. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, COVID was, that sounds very dismissive of what COVID was. So I want to retract that. Like <laughs> COVID was uh, 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 a society changing event. But um, for colleges at the ele- at the athletic level, it was really crazy because there were all of these additional years of eligibility mm-hmm. and I've seen there. There's a, there's some kid he played at the University of Hartford at one point. I forget where he's playing now. He's like his seventh year as a. Oh, there's a lot of those. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot. And, mm-hmm. and you had the opportunity to come back for one more year to come mm-hmm. back next year. You've been through a lot of injuries. Um, how, how did you make the decision that this was going to be it for you? And and what do you feel like now, knowing that this is this is your last year? Um, so I had the choice to redshirt because my freshman year I didn't touch the mats at all because I tore my Achilles plus. Since I'm the class of COVID, like, we also get that year, I think. Um, I decided that, like, gymnastics, I've been doing this for, like, 15, 16 years of my life. And I, you know, I newly tore my ACL this year. It's for my body. I was like, I think I'm just going to be done. Like, I'm going to compete this season. I'm going to do good. And 
I'll be happy with that. Like, very happy with my career because I made it all the way to where I wanted to make it. And my dream was to compete for a D1 school. Um, so I decided to not take the fifth year because I think I just want to continue with my life after gymnastics. I mean, there's always risk for another injury, and there's just I just really can't go through that again. Um, I don't want to put my body through that. But, again, like, knowing my self-worth and knowing, like, there is way more to gymnastics. Like, I want to go and get a job and meet new people and, like, travel and stuff like that. And I think, like, the ending of, like, my gymnastics story is, like, kind of this year. And, like, I'm very happy and proud of myself because I've come this far after so much has happened. So um, I'm okay with, like, not being able to fifth year. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like so many athletes, I know me, and I don't want to project me, but I just know from so many athletes that I've was teammates talk to have so many regrets and things that like if I could do it all again you know do it differently or they so many athletes don't get to end their careers on their own terms Mm -hmm. they're told essentially your time playing the sport is over it's an injury and it's over or you reach to a you you get to a point where you are cut and there is no either you're cut at the college level you're cut at the pro level or whatever it may be and so, to me, there's some power in that, and it's pretty cool to see an athlete that's like, I could keep going. I have the ability. My school's not kicking me out, like, you know, like, but I'm just choosing to walk away. Do you feel like that that you're walking away, you know, when you look back on this, do you feel like that you'll look back positively? Do you feel like you, you have regret, like, big regrets, or do you feel like it's 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 a positive, you're going to look back on it just positively, like you went out on your own terms? And- so after my, I tore my ACL in March, um, I had a team, I was actually going to quit, like, right there. Like, I was like, I, this is my third major, like, I'm done, I don't want to do this anymore. And my teammate came up to me, and she also has torn her ACL twice, so she, we know, and she knows, and she was like, do you want to walk away from gymnastics on your own terms or do you want to walk away because of an injury and not on your own terms? And I was like, I thought about that for a while and I was like, no, I actually do want to end on my own terms. I don't want it to be an an injury that took me out. Like I really don't want it to be. And I want it to be like a, I want to compete one more season and I want to be happy with that season because it's my senior year. And she was like, then I think you should stay. I think you should try. And if, you know, October, November comes, you can't do it. You really can't do it. Then step away. That's fine. But she was like, I really think you're going to regret if you just quit now. And then you think, what if I could have done it? Like, what if? So, like, that mindset really flipped for me. I I talked to my coaches about it. They were very supportive. I was like, no, I'm going to come back because there was a point where I did want to quit. And now I'm so happy that I did because I'm almost back. I'm, I'm like, about 85% back, and I should be competing in February. But then I'm happy now that, like, I can choose to be done. Like, I'm the one who's, like— I could do another year if I wanted to, but, like, for my body and my mental health sake, like, I think it's just best if I just don't. And I think it's important for athletes to understand that, like, it's your decision. Like, if you want to do it, do it. If you don't, don't. But, like, it's your decision ultimately at the end. And, like, whatever is best for you, you have to do what's best for you. Like, you can't do what's best for other people or what you think your coach might want you to do. Like, you got to do what you think that is best for you. And I learned that. So I'm really happy with my decision, though. Yeah. Well, Corey, this was a, it was an awesome interview. I got to be honest, you are one of the best uh, camera presences that we've had, especially from like a current college, someone that's not like they were a pro or they're like a college coach where their like job is being you know handling press conferences. Mm-hmm. Like it was a really really awesome interview, and uh, really really appreciate you you coming on with us. It's been really eye opening to me to learn about to get a you know a better understanding of the the journey of a gymnast uh, and just to, it really 
refreshing to hear about how your parents, their mindset with you and your mindset with your own kind of career. So mm-hmm. can't thank you enough for, for, for yeah. coming on. You yeah, are course. an amazing person. Really appreciate you being thank here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. <laughs> thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Oh.